creators of Relevant Magazine. This is the Relevant Podcast. When we arise, Friday, October 20th, 2017, and it's the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Creating a site with Squarespace is a simple, intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content and features with a click of a mouse. They also make adding a domain to your site simple. If you sign up for a year, you'll receive a custom domain for free. If you're doing a store, which a lot of people like to do, because it can make the money, right. you know, uh, yeah. they they have best in class online store templates with Squarespace, uh, award winning templates. They have customizable settings. Everything happens without a single plugin. And national brands, hundreds of thousands of savvy shop owners use Squarespace. Yeah, you know what I is, find fascinating about Squarespace, and this is not a part of their pitch, but the fact yeah. that like. Other people could make just incredible website design stuff, but Squarespace has done it so well that people aren't even trying. It's like, just go to Squarespace. Yeah, It really is so wonderfully priced and really, really powerful. Uh, Right now, you can start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase. Go do it. Squarespace, set your website apart. Like I said, I'm your host, Cameron, uh, here with me in our Orlando studio, Eddie Baycat Koffeltz. Cameron, nice to see you, buddy. Over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. Uh, over here, silently sitting there watching him and judging is uh, our new uh, <laughs> director of audio and video, Nathan Grubbs. <laughs> on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And, and I can, too, see Nathan's judgy eyes from in the corner of the <laughs> He's actually just the director of Chandler. That's right. That's what I would like on his business card. Director of Chandler. Just in charge of Chandler. Judging Chandler's every move. He's got a, he's got a clipboard in front of him, and he's making extensive notes. Yeah. Everything from Chandler's wardrobe to, you know, every every physical movement that he notes yes. does is being intimately noted. We actually right had to now. get a new project management software to accommodate all of the notes that Nathan uh, needs right. to distribute about Chandler <laughs> yeah. uh, throughout the day. Nathan Nathan talked to me about this earlier, and he really wants to keep a close eye on him, so much so that uh, Chandler will soon start wearing one of those like body suits with a little uh, Velcro <laughs> tennis balls all over it that they wear when they're recording people for video games. We need to know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like it's, like, it's like when Andy Circus recorded the part of Gollum. Yeah. That's basically the level of detail yeah. we want to know, not just about Chandler's work day, but it's yeah. physical movements. Yeah. We need to track this. We stuff. have one on every finger so we know what he's typing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I yeah, used to work at a, well, hold on. You finish your introduction. Oh, and uh, joining us from Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee. Hey guys, and I don't need to see Chandler to judge him harshly for his every movement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I used to work at like a film and television school back in the day. Oh, we're all impressed. No, 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 this is where it gets awful. We used to do these like Steven monthly Spielberg over here. Big, we used to do these monthly tours, and what, part of the tour, you know, is like a big to do, yeah. is they would take people inside the motion capture studio, right. and there would be someone in the middle walking around and 
and then all the students would look at a monitor, but it's like a, you know, a monster or something. And they're like, Oh, cool. Motion capture. One day they're like, Hey, do you want to be the motion capture guy for the, for the tour? And I was like, do you want to put me in all green spandex (laughs) as a part of the sales pitch for the school? I declined. Can you imagine just this body covered in spandex? Well, I just, I I mean, that gives me a new idea for a a little featured ad to the, the tours for the relevant offices yeah. is Eddie in a green spandex. We don't, we don't have a most, we don't have a motion capture room. We just no. have Eddie in green spandex. Right. There's no, yeah, there's no like I'm turning into like a golem or no, anything. No, no, no. It's just like you're there working in your green spandex. Yeah. Just say, Hey everyone. Hey, what's up? Hey, welcome. Relevance never really had a mascot. Relevance never really had like a care. Like we don't have like a cartoon rabbit or anything, but Eddie in green spandex would make an interesting sort of like every issue of the magazine. At some point, Eddie pops in like, yeah. Hey guys, Sort of like clippy, but not, yeah. helpful. I like, <laughs> not I gotta, helpful. I got to say, I, it's a little early to call question of the week, but what should the relevant mascot be? Seems oh. like a pretty excellent I, I think, question. you know, I think just uh, tracking employee productivity is a big thing. <laughs> and, you know, if people are like, what are you doing with all this weird data about every single body movement? I don't know. We haven't figured that out yet, but the data's there. <laughs> Worst case scenario, I create a sweet short film about a, a magazine that's published by aliens. It's going to be really cool. Because I have the data. <laughs> And we're off. Um, hey, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, Christine Kane joins us. Ooh. I'm a huge fan of Christine Kane. Yeah, me Kane. too. Yeah. World changer, amazing uh, preacher, teacher, and uh, justice adv- advocate. A21 I mean, is phenomenal. Doing the real doing thing. Really and then she does, she does uh, stuff uh, empowering women and uh, mentoring young women with Propel. Yeah. I mean, she's incredible. The first time I got to interview her for the show a couple years ago, we were talking about A21. And she said after the interview, like, hey, just so you know, we're starting this thing for like women and we're kind of starting starting to figure out it's going to be called Propel. We may want to talk about it later. And it's like she just breathed these things into existence. And now it's this incredible movement. She's just like a movement leader. I respect her a ton. Yeah. Love it. Also, kind of after that, on the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> we have a very <laughs> timely, themey game that Jesse's come up with. What's right. the name of the game, Jesse? It's called the Spooktacular 2017 Holy Ghost Wiener Roast Monster Mash Challenge. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, that's the truncated version. Sometimes the, other one the theme songs just write themselves, extensive. don't they? Yeah. 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 Hey, uh, before we move the show along, we have a very special guest joining us today. She's uh, here in the studio with us. Some of you have said, why don't you have a female cast member? Well, I'd like to introduce you to uh, Eddie's daughter, Lucy. Hi, Lucy. You want to talk? There you go. Yeah, you talk right into the microphone. Welcome to the podcast. A whole lot of people are listening to you right now. Isn't that crazy to think about? Uh, Lucy, how old are you? Five. You're five. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're in kindergarten, right? Yeah. What's your favorite thing in kindergarten? What's your favorite thing to do at kindergarten? Go on recess. Recess. That's my yeah. kid's favorite thing, too. He said, how come I can't do PE every day this morning? Sunshine, can I ask you a few questions? Can I interview you? Okay, here's a question for you. What are you going to be for Halloween? Can you tell everyone? The Chills. <laughs> the Chills movie. Yeah, you're going to be Poppy. Poppy. Yeah, Poppy from The Chills. Cool. We're very excited about that. Well, what's your daddy going to be, Lucy? That's Jesse, my assistant. He, you can answer his questions <laughs> if you'd like. Uh, what, dad, what are you going to be? I'm going to be Lucy's dad for Halloween, and I'm going to take a bunch of your candy when you get it and steal it from you when you're sleeping. Lucy, what do you think your dad should be? Should he be like a pirate? 
What do you think I should? Should he be an elephant? <laughs> what do you think I should? Be? A green body, a ghost, a green a ghost? spandex bodysuit. <laughs> Ooh, a ghost. Do you know what a green spandex bodysuit is? It would be like I'm wearing all green tights. Do you think? That, do you think that's a good idea <gasps> or a bad idea? Dad. No. Agree. <laughs> uh, Lucy, what's the most embarrassing thing your dad has ever done? Uh, I don't think I have ever embarrassed you. Mostly, we just like to sing together. <laughs> Lucy, is your dad a good singer? Yes. He is. Uh, that was sweet of you to Does sing. Does he sing you Dave Matthews Band songs? <laughs> 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 uh, do you know who Dave Matthews Band? We'll talk about it later. What do you think about this podcast so far? Do you like it? Would you listen to it? Mm. Oh, yeah. good. All right. Well, we, we got, got another, a lot of approval. We've got another subscriber. Yeah. Well, Lucy, thanks for joining <laughs> us today. I'm excited you're here. Cohen, my kid, has sat in on a couple of shows, too. And so now we have two of you guys it's the next generation of relevant podcasters you guys you and cohen can have a show what do you think yeah you I like that idea i like that listen you really do bring in like this is it's a very good kid experience because you're just like the pt barnum of kids so we just walk in and you're like here's any treat that you want we've built a fort for you people will play with you anything you want i'm the cool it's basically uncle. willy wonka over there <laughs> It is kind of great. Yeah. All right. Well, moving the show along, it is time for our look back at what happened this week in culture and entertainment. It's time for In Case You Missed It. This is crazy, y'all. Okay. Sometimes, I mean, we're known to be like, sit at the intersection of faith and culture. That's kind of the sweet spot of what we cover. We cover other stuff yeah. too. Justice, life in your 20s and 30s and all that kind of stuff. But we're most known for the intersection of faith and culture. Rarely have, have those two things intersected the way this next item does. Left behind. This week, <laughs> Christian rapper NF, his album Perception became the number one album in the Billboard charts. The number one album in the country, like, like the, the Billboard uh, top two regular Billboard, the top yeah. two hundred number one <laughs> yeah. album in the country is by a Christian rapper named NF. That's kind of unbelievable. Is, yeah. is there a song we would know off of it? Uh, it just came out, uh, but it beat out recent releases from Post Malone, Miley Cyrus, Demi Lovato, Shania Twain, everybody, literally every other artist. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. The one of the singles from the the album is called uh, "Let You Down." Here, here's a clip. Yeah. You don't want to make this work. You just want to make this worse. Want me to listen to you, but you don't ever hear my words. You don't want to know my hurt yet. Let me guess. You want an apology, probably. How can we keep going at a rate like this? We can't, so I guess I'm going to have to leave. Please don't come after me. I just want to be alone right now. I don't really want to think it all. Go ahead, just drink it all. Both know you're going to call them all like nothing's wrong. Ain't that what you always do? I feel like every time I talk to you, you're in an awful mood. What else can I offer you? There's nothing left right now. Give it all to you. Well, Cameron, you saw him at Lollapalooza this year. I did. Yeah, he was at Lala. There was actually... it was, it was the strangest thing to me. We go to Lala every year and there was a lot more hip hop this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at the lineup and I'm like, oh man, 21 Savage is there. And you know, all the, and, um, and then it said NF and I, and I texted Jesse. I'm like, do you think this is the Christian rapper NF? Like, is there another NF? And I, and I looked on the Lala website mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, he doesn't like being called a Christian rapper. I mean, no, 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 none of them do. Um, but he, you know, it talks about in his bio, how he explores faith themes in his music. And I'm going, that is the Christian rapper NF. Yeah. So I went to the show and he had, I mean, it was a side stage. It wasn't a main stage, yeah. but the crowd loved him. I mean, it was just like, it was, in fact, 
of the 12 relevant podcast listeners that ran into us during this, probably six of them ran into me at that show. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, he killed it. He killed it. But I didn't, it's not like I didn't walk away going, oh, he's going to have the number one album in the country. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Can I, can I ask how that, I, it's kind of crazy though, because I know I'm not like the coolest on the show or I would say definitely the least coolest, no. but like I've Absolutely. never, how, how, I've never heard of him. How did he get? You've never heard his, you like, I I've, mean, you were, you weren't aware of his existence until now. You're yeah, saying until just now, like yeah. I, this is the first time I've never heard that he's song been, that you just played. How does it get to billboard 100? He's built up an underground following in the Christian scene. He he's toured relentlessly. I would say, of the youth group kind of Christian music festival scene. He would be a big, big, pretty big deal. But I mean, I don't listen. Huge congratulations to NF as a massive accomplishment for any artist. If you were to tell me that this fall, a Christian rapper was to have the number one album in the country, Mm -hmm. I probably would have said, oh yeah, of course, Lecrae's new album. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was NF. I mean, I just baffles me. It just it just blows my mind. I mean, major label like he Columbia. said good for him though. Does yeah. you know? Yeah, but, oh, I think it's amazing. Does he have a song on it that it's like him featuring like Beyonce or something no. that's No, it's his underground he's following awesome. that he's built up over the years. That's the thing. And they all just supported and that you know, uh, he's he's in this one week he had 21 million streams of his new album. He had, wow. he sold 38,000 units. So it wasn't a massive week, you know, it wasn't like a Beyonce, you know, like 300,000 units sold yeah. week, but I mean, number one album in the country. Yeah. Huge congratulations to NF. That is just unbelievable. That's amazing. And here's the thing. I heard his music a little bit here and there. We covered him, you know, in selects and stuff in the magazine. But like I hadn't listened to a whole show at Lala. He was really impressive. I mean, yeah. just as an artist, uh, he was he was fantastic. Mm. And yeah, of course, you can hear the Eminem influences and stuff like that. Yeah, but well, he's from Michigan, too. Yeah, like right. Him. Exactly. Yeah. But um, oh, cool. Jesse knows all about him. I'm all of a sudden, I you. tell you, I don't know. And Jesse's like, oh, you never heard of him. Oh, I was I? telling you, man. I mean, it's like I, I was shocked. <laughs> I got the news this week and I texted the guys. I was like, uh, this is our beat. You know, yeah. <laughs> like a, yeah. Christian What's, artist is number one in the country. I mean, it's crazy. It's really it's rare amazing. for us to get just a line drive to get a line drive like that to get out like you know we're, we're, we spend all day we're combing the internet we're looking for stuff that hits at the intersection of, of faith and culture and then sometimes sometimes you have to kind of like you have to really comb for it and then sometimes just the heavens opens up and and down from the sky just like a white dove just alighting on your shoulder there a story like <laughs> nf this christian guy making the number one album in billboard not just not just christian charts that confused yeah. me at first too eddie but billboard period the billboard hot hot 20 so it got us talking yesterday when when the news broke I'm like I was in the car and I was like talking with the guys I was going Mm -hmm. I I mean I would be hard-pressed to think and I've been before relevant which I started in 2000 before that for two years I was working at Christian music magazine before that when I was in college I interned at Christian music Mm magazine so I've been covering this literally since 1996 yeah I cannot think of a number one Christian album like I know a Christian yeah. artist having a number one album. Bob Carlyle's Butterfly Kisses in 1997, Butterfly I think hit number two. Number two. But I don't think it was number one. And and so I, I said this to Tyler. I was like, can we verify? Can we check? Is this the first Christian artist hitting number one? And, um, and Six Pets on the Richer? I Kiss Me as a single definitely yeah. hit number one. But I don't know but, that the but album. The only other one but, I could think of that would maybe, and I could be totally wrong about this, but I feel like at the height of like POD, I was about to maybe say P-O-D. they had. Yeah, like, POD might do it. Yeah. Lecrae didn't do it. No, 
Wow. POD is a good, a good call. And uh, yeah, like, our, our like crack fact checker, Nathan, is watching Chandler and making him <laughs> check it for us real quick. He's, listening, well, he's not watching Chandler. He's looking at the bodysuit data right now to see if Chandler is using his thumbs on his phone. So it's a very intimate portrait that Nathan has right Amy now. Amy Grant uh, probably had a number one album. There was a little blip of a heyday in like that 96, 97 range where you had Amy yeah. Grant, Bob Carlisle. Switchfoot. Uh, yeah, well, Switch was Switch. Do you think Switchfoot might no, have ever done it? Never. No, I, I mean, no they, way. I mean, D, they all did it until like DC Talk got in there a little bit. Like they all did like. That's what I'm saying. You had this little blip in the mid nineties, like ninety six. You had DC Talk, Amy Grant, and Bob Carlyle all kind of hovering legitimate like airplay. And you Jesse, know? you can yeah. save your little smirky comment about DC talk. I can see you brewing it over there. I can see you on the Skype <laughs> I'm line. Just, I'm not going to say uh, anything. Oh, you're sure talking. you're not. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I, I watched a video uh, and we posted it. This was a few months back, but it was a, of, um, it was just kind of a retro video that we posted of, um, hold DC on, talk. On, they, I, uh, uh, sorry. Update. Interruption. POD's album satellite. Satellite. peaked at number six on the billboard charts wow and their other mm. albums peaked at number nine and 17 so wow. okay so not, not even close, close. i'm just not saying i think this is a closer b- than any album i've ever had i think this is a d- d- <laughs> truly remarkable achievement i mean i can't yeah. think of this is crazy it's crazy i was trying to google it yesterday i'm gonna i will do i will do some research because this this intrigues me. This feels like RB, and I'm going to find other albums that have come close. Oh yeah! But so far, I have not. I've had to, I've had to go through Billboard rankings just week by week and look, and I have not come across it, another album by a Christian artist. I want to be. I know. Yeah, that, I want to clarify. Have to, have to be identified as a Christian like rapper. You too. You're talking about. Let's clarify. We are talking about right. art, professing Christian artists whose albums also have faith themes in it. Right. And, we, and would be sold yeah. in a Christian bookstore. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's that distinction is becoming more and more arbitrary though, right to, to be fair to no like, i know i know and, and obviously we're probably part of that issue we probably are the <laughs> we helped make that <laughs> issue that you know it yeah. doesn't have to be you know faith isn't a because genre then it gets, then yeah. it gets complicated because you have people like chance the rapper kendrick lamar right. even so, kanye who right. definitely have christian like profess christianity and have real faith lyrics but you probably couldn't pick them up at lifeway that's right that, <laughs> i think i think this is the clarifying factor because obviously the stuff we cover would be you know faith themes from professing christian artists but they would never be sold in, in lifeway so what we're talking about is an artist or an album that was sold in lifeway has it ever hit number one uh nf is absolutely in that oh, yeah. camp so yeah. like but i can't think of any others yeah you know? I, I feel I'll, like we're gonna I'll go down a, to lifeway just to guarantee that he's being sold there i'll make that my my weekly pilgrimage down to Lifeway. are you to are you allowed to go to lifeway tyler or, no, no. Or is, is oh. there like a restraint he's had a couple tweets lifeway. lately go viral <laughs> that uh i think that bans him from a Lifeway. Yeah, no. Lifeway, yeah, Lifeway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we they print out our whole print our whole cast page and yeah. are like, these are the people we don't allow. It's in. almost like uh, at the bodega, the bad checks faces that they put right at the checkout. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the, the our podcast cast page yep. is printed out and put at every Lifeway checkout. Yeah, it's us. <laughs> <and> yeah. <laughs> but, Ch- but Chandler's is just missing. Like, have you seen me? <laughs> the rest of us are one. He's like a kid on a milk carton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the missing picture. He's wearing. 
hologram lot. suit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Last seen wearing this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's really weird. You don't even you can't really see who it is because pretty much all you can see is like it, barely a, his face is sticking out. Of so you have no real walls. Yeah. yeah. But but it does say if you want. I mean, if you're curious about his posture or body movements, we can show you some some really realistic data on it. If that would help in the search. Oh. Yeah. But what I do when I need to go to Lifeway, which <laughs> which is frequently because I don't care what they say. They no candy company can replicate the flavor of Testaments. They're a unique brand of delicious. So when oh, I need to go, re- I mean, oh, yeah. I bought one once in the mid '90s as a kitchen joke i never ate them mm-hmm. i gotta say that should be what we give away if someone visits the studio testaments because there was that what was that other candy that i we... give my testimony like anytime there's a little group i just gather them at the end and share my testimony <laughs> it, t- it takes a, it takes a hard 45 minutes to get to that. <laughs> like a, a minimum i'm talking yeah i got a hard out in 45 but you're gonna get to every minute of it because it's a whole there's a couple chapters I don't want to get into, but I will. If it's like uh, that, that room at the end of the hell house. After you've gone through the whole journey, all of a sudden they come on and give, yeah. the, give you the talk. Oof. That's how our tours yeah. are here. It's basically oh, yeah. a hell house. Yeah. And uh, Chandler's running around in the green uh, outfit. And then it's kind of scaring people <laughs> popping right. out. Yeah. And then I give them the talk at the end. I share my testimony. Yeah. Right. And then they hold out bags and I put testaments in them. It's really, yeah. really moving. Chandler, Chandler's lurching around behind like a, a, a shockingly grisly team. Car accident scene. <laughs> uh, and, and, he, and he's going like this. Come here, kids. Come here. And he and he walks them through the gates of hell, where they find out their final eternal destiny. Right. Uh, but it's more terrifying just seeing that a demon uh, yeah. <laughs> or an angel of judgment yeah. is wearing a, a, a bodysuit for no clear yeah. explanation. Yeah. It is that. Come here. We're all listening to Guns and Roses in this cool teenage car. I come join us. People ever uh, uh, do come through our office. You know, the smells, I think, were the things that stuck with me the most out of the hell houses, you know, because at the car crash scene, you would smell the beer. I never yeah. went to this. And I don't even really know. No, it's, it's because they were drinking and then they, then they died. And so yeah. you would smell the death oh, and you well, would smell the things. Well, of course. You no. really never went to a hell house? No. It's funny you bring up hell houses. They may make they may make an appearance later in our spectacular. This is a very Midwest oh. thing. I, I, I never went yes. to one in Florida, but when yeah. I went to uh, school in Oklahoma, yeah, like it was there. a big deal. And if you watch the documentary on Netflix, uh, Hell yeah. House, it's, it's in that region. I think it's a very much a Midwest. West Church thing. Wow. And they, they go all out. They spend all year kind of prepping oh, this huge, house. man. And, and I remember waiting in line for hours, like hours yeah. on a Friday night to get in. And the whole region comes out. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. I, yeah. That is just so messed up. Right. I mean, how weird is that? Are people? It is. It is. It is. Well, because like, at least when you go, <laughs> here was my issue. And like, I mean, look, to each his own, I guess. But like, when, when you go to like a haunted hayride or something, you know, or you go to like at the beach or, or whatever, or an amusement park, one of these haunted houses that aren't put on by a church, it's fantasy stuff that's chasing you around. It's like zombies or vampires or, or, or ghosts or, or something. Or in a green bodysuit with a bunch of <laughs> ping pong balls on it. But, but when you go to these <laughs> hell houses, it's like, <laughs> I mean, some of these scenes are grisly. Yeah. I mean, because they're real life scenes. It's a lot of car accidents. It's it's like a gang shooting. It's like it's stuff that's like, dude, this Teen- is teenage fun. pregnancy. It's all the stuff, yeah. all the vices leading to 
like sin. Yeah. So it's the like litter just room. The yeah. So like the <laughs> drinking and driving. They're or okay the, with that joke. Yeah, or the, you know, like all the stuff, and and it's like graphic and supposed to like scare you straight. And uh, it's uh, it's a wholesome you know Friday night in, in October. Cool October Eve. Oh yeah, this is just why nobody likes us. This is why people think <laughs> Christians are nuts because hey, they like NF. <laughs> I mean, POD, right? And Bob Carlisle, both like kids. When I was a kid, my my church in uh in little in Little Horridge, Nebraska, had one of these. But the but hell was just one portion of a longer tour throughout our entire church. So you also had various Bible stories. You had heaven, where uh, where my grandpa was dressed as an angel, and he would check all the kids' names on the Book of Life. No, and he, oh, just, he, he he just kind of let everybody in. My grandpa wasn't a super discerning. <laughs> he was no Nathan. He was, he was saying. sort of yeah. he was yeah. sort of more like in the Rob Bell vein where it's like, look, man, just come on in, whatever. I don't care, just get in here. You're in forever. <laughs> was no sort sweat, of a precursor man. to Rob Bell. He just let he. It was, uh, but you had to go through hell first, and it was a very scary. I remember it. It was like. Yeah, like everything was black. The windows were blacked out, and there was weird flames. It, so, but you got a little. But it was just a taste. Then you got the heaven yeah. part of it, and that's where you yeah. ended up. Uh, hey, well, in case you missed it, uh, Sufjan Stevens released an epic new song this week called "Wallowa Lake Monster." Wallowa Lake Monster. Uh, he can just write about whatever he wants. Yeah. I know it's beautiful, but we were promised a state by state yeah. album. So what you're saying is he's a promise breaker. Trust me. Promise not kept. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the singer songwriter yeah. will release a new album called the greatest gift next month. We'll see. Uh, that's a collection of B sides and outtakes from uh, Carrie and Lowell. Uh, the new Ooh. seven minute song echoes Carrie and Lowell in terms of simplicity, but also sounds like his Illinois era. Stevens here is a clip. We followed her to Joseph near the Indian raid. She wept among the weeds, hide and seek for the fallen chief. Spare the phylum on his grave. And like the cedar wax wing, she was drunk all day. Put her in the sheet, little wreath, candles on the grate. As the monster showed his face. Sounds like Sufjan yeah, students. Yeah, certainly Sufjani. <laughs> hey, yeah. he could be... Would he count in the uh, Billboard conversation we were having? I don't think he would no, be sold he, in the Lifeway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, no, definitely not. Yeah, yeah that's and a good point. I'm, sh- I'm sure he's never even come close to a number one album on Billboard. No, yeah, I no, guess that's right. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's so he, he doesn't hit on any level, Eddie. So, literally... <laughs> yeah. no. Eddie, I, can I, I would just say this. That was the most ignorant comment I've ever heard. <laughs> There's been some terrible things Shock. said on this show. We can, we can edit, edit this one out. We don't want to lose the faith of our readers. Yeah, I mean, I mean my cred- yeah, you're hurting our credibility with this statement. Eddie's like got that, a brand. Eddie, to, I mean. We got a brand to protect here. I don't know why, but I'm personally offended that <laughs> you suggested that he would be in the Hey, in case you missed it, T.D. Jake's... Uh, 
uh, this week spoke out for rights of NFL national anthem protesters. They're not protesting the national anthem. I guess they're protesting during the national anthem. Yeah. Um, the yeah. best-selling mm-hmm. author and pastor of the Potter's House Church in Dallas was recently a guest of Don Lemon on CNN. Had some really powerful comments about racial tension in the recent NFL protests. Uh, he was asked about the protesters and said that their First Amendment rights must be defended. He said, uh, one of the things that makes America great, that makes the flag have meaning, is that we have the freedom of speech and the right to protest. History has proven to us that those people who have protested historically were very controversial at the time they did it. The two discussed the legacies of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Muhammad Ali and America's history with peaceful protests. Then Jake said, I feel really bad reading T.D. Jakes's words. You sound just like him. I was just saying, like, I would much rather <laughs> yeah. hear T.D. Jakes say <laughs> right, this. Yeah, right. Should but, we get Chandler to do it? <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, this is what he said. Uh, I don't take, believe that. People it, should. It takes great courage. <laughs> it takes great courage to take a stand against the current. It's so easy today to say those things that are familiar and convenient and quite popular. Now, as I'm saying this, picture T.D. Jakes saying it. I, I, close my, I close my eyes and I hear his voice. It's amazing. A lot of authority. I hear uh, authority. But but in, in the midst <laughs> of the masses of people who go with the flow, there are always people who speak out against us, sometimes rightly or wrongly, but we must defend their right to say what they say, even when we don't agree what they say, with what they say. So there you go. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah, That's a controversial yeah, yeah. issue, I feel like, among people that are like, you know, that are in like T.D. Jake's, you know, people who like read his books and things like typically how I've seen opinions fall on the protest during NFL games. It falls down some uh, pretty traditional conservative, non-conservative lines. But I feel like T.D. Jake's is providing some context about just basic American freedoms and why we should all defend. them. Yeah, I I, yeah. I feel like we can do nothing but get into trouble with this conversation, but this particular kneeling during the national anthem, the outrage over this has vexed me a little bit. Well, like, I it's just because don't the story, I feel like the story obviously has got misappropriated. It's changed. They've made the narrative that these uh, players are protesting the flag and the national anthem, which is not what they're protesting. They're protesting yeah. uh, police violence and, and uh, uh, racial injustice, right? They're making a, a statement during that moment to say America needs to be fixed and America needs healing. It is not a protesting on the flag. Now, people who are ignorant and don't know the truth about what they're protesting and are just told they're disrespecting our flag. I can see why they're upset, but they're upset for the incorrect reasons. I mean, so it's like nobody in their right mind who is a good person would be okay with police brutality. That's unjust and racial injustice. Nobody would. Right. If you, so like there is no controversy here. Right. But even during, I, I, okay. So I, I hear that and I understand that, but even the, why is kneeling during the national anthem? Why would that even be considered? Let's say you didn't know anything, someone kneeling during it. Why would it be considered so disrespectful? Well, just to add context, just add context that too, and not to, not for a plug here, but on the, the, the relevant is doing a sports podcast. 
uh, uh, our our co-host Sam Acho for the Chicago Bears provided some more context about how you know he is friends yeah. with all those guys and uh, you know and and is a part of this conversation in the NFL and was saying that you know part of the reason that Colin Kaepernick went from sitting during the national anthem to taking a knee was after a conversation with a special forces veteran who encouraged him you know in raising awareness about these issues because they are important but also said you know it might be better received if you take a knee because as a veteran you know i know that some of them might see that as a greater sign of respect but still using this platform to draw awareness about these issues and so to your point eddie yeah. you know the taking a knee wasn't meant ever meant to be a sign of disrespect at least from colin kaepernick's perspective who started right. the, the whole trend but if you want to be if you want to be divisive if you want to stir up controversy where it doesn't exist the easiest way to do that is to make it about the football players protesting the troops or america or the flag which is not something that any of them are doing so if you buy into that line then you get where we're at today which is people yelling at each other who honestly have no idea haven't done the time or the research or actually just stopped and listened to what these players are actually saying yeah it is amazing to me the role of sports throughout the history of protests like you know you think about the importance of like Muhammad Ali and and what he and did I, and Jackie Robinson and 35 the, years ago this week where the uh, Olympic athletes yeah, had the, yeah, their fists in the I mean, that, that, interesting. that rattled the world it's it's yeah. just amazing yeah. the platform that those folks have and what they what what they're able to if yeah, only there I, was some sort of forum to discuss the deeper context mm. and impact of of sports and and culture and as it relates to substantive issues in our faith yeah, I mean would this never podcast, work it'll probably be this or the magazine <laughs> so hey jesse this isn't on the script but dude congratulations yes. the 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 trailer yeah. for uh relevant is doing a sports podcast hosted by you steve carter who's the new, the uh, new teaching lead. pastor at willow creek <laughs> the newly minted yeah. and, uh, and chicago bears player sam Acho. You guys cracked the top 25 in the sports category, not the little Christian charts, yeah. which is easy. Yeah. I mean, I could put a little thing up there. Uh, number one, <laughs> but like the 20 top 25, that is a, you guys beat like ESPN and stuff. Like we were beating, we were, we were like two spots above like Skip Bayless's show with Shannon Sharp on, uh, uh over the weekend, wow. which is really good. Cool. Yeah, I mean, like awesome. the competition on the sports chart is really stiff. And so we were really excited to see such an awesome reaction to the trailer. We got the first episode. Um, well, it's out. If you you're listening to this podcast out now. So yeah, I mean, if you haven't listened yet, please download it and give it a, a listen. I mean, we, we, like you were saying, and, and this is going to be an extended plug here, uh, but uh, you, like you're saying, we're, we're trying to deal with like some of these issues that are a little bit heavier and that are important that sports can provide a really unique context from and, and having a professional athlete on the show and not just a professional athlete, but someone who's in the NFL, uh, which is kind of right now at the forefront, a lot of, about the, a lot of these conversations. So you're saying gives it's us, a little bit better like having a CFL athlete, you know, like the yeah, Canadian football CFL league. Oh, yeah. or like a professional golfer or something. <laughs> I auditioned a few golfers. I had, a, I had, I had, a, you know, this bowling guy who you know, came out with some. His takes were a little too hot, a little too hot in the bowling. Um, uh, no, but uh, we're excited to have Sam, and also, but also there are also fun stuff. Like this week, we, we got uh, Andy Minio and Words Play talking about uh, uh, the NBA and and well, all, all NBA kinds of fun season stuff. So, kicked off this week. Um, but yeah, you check it out. But we were stoked that we, we got to put a little dent in a really competitive uh, area with with the trailer release last week. And, and I will say one thing I really like about this show is that I'm not like a super sports person. I kind of like follow my teams. And so I was like, ah, is this going to be one of those shows where I'm going to basically be lost? Like, I feel like on a lot of the ESPN shows, I'm like, I don't even 
I didn't even know really this was a team. And so I'm, this is, it's like a very accessible sports show that yeah. goes deeper into the heart of well, the competition. And we're having fun with the genre. Um, one of my favorite yeah. things was, uh, when Chandler was auditioning the voiceover guys yeah. who was doing all the same race, like the beat or yeah. the jam, yeah. Jesse, the guapo. And like, and we really were going after like actual ESPN voiceover no, guys. Yeah. yeah. The guy who did it is the voice of most of the NFL teams. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. like we yeah. got like real deal stuff. So it feels <laughs> the production value of the show yeah. is hilariously good. Yeah. You yeah. know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. just like we're smiling the whole time, but it's because it's so legit. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Yeah. yeah, it's really wild. It I, really is. Yeah, I love We're it. We're super excited about it. It's been, it's been a lot of fun to do, and I'm I'm stoked about some of the stuff we got in the pipeline. I, too. I heard uh, I, I heard you know he was like listen to him he and Nathan because Nathan was just hovering. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> and uh, I, I heard right. one of the ones going. Uh, he said Jesse Carey. Sam Acho and Steve Carter, right? That's what, yeah. that's what he said. Yeah. Yeah. What I heard was yeah. Jesse Carey, the guapo, and <laughs> Steve Carter. <laughs> and I literally said, Jesse, why are they called? That. Why is Jesse could be called the Guapo? He's is the, he like donning a persona for the show? It's like the real Jesse. And just <laughs> yeah, he's the Guapo. The Guapo. His friends know him as the Guapo. I don't need. I don't know what it means in Spanish, and I don't need to. It's just the Guapo. <laughs> when I'm doing sports. Talk. I don't know. I mean, it could be really offensive. I don't know. I don't care. I'm the Guapo. Just deal with it. It's Doesn't happening. it mean like the large or the I don't big? Know. Oh, that's yeah. right. Jesse, the Guapo, and Steve Carter. Oh, man. <laughs> well, it's a great show. A lot of work put yeah. in by a big team of people. Well done. Yeah. Hey, um, in case you missed it, Nick Offerman uh, announced this week he's launching a woodworking initiative that helps the homeless community. He was partly inspired by Christian author Wendell Berry. Oh. And uh, Nick is raising money for a group that helps in need uh, by teaching them to make homemade goods. Here's him explaining the vision of woodwork. Hello, my name is Nick Offerman. My favorite author, Wendell Berry, writes that good work is our salvation and joy, a sentiment which I wholeheartedly second. Having the opportunity to simply work hard for wages in order to afford the basic comforts of life is a great privilege that many of us in this country enjoy and even take for granted. That's why Offerman Woodshop and I are spearheading a fundraising campaign to support our friends at Woodworks in Los Angeles. As in, I would work if I could. This charismatic social enterprise allows citizens that are homeless or living in extreme poverty to earn credit towards paying off basic living expenses like rent or utilities or even just afford necessities like eyeglasses or dentures. It also provides them with an employment reference, another common stumbling block to getting back on one's feet after suffering some version of life's misfortune. Here's the deal. If you head to the donation page and kick in whatever you can afford, I will match it dollar for dollar until we have funded two full years of operation for this excellent nonprofit social enterprise. It's called that because it's not a charity. It's giving people a chance at the simple dignity doing good work. It goes on from there. Nick Offerman is uh, making the world a better place in many Dude, ways. He's the, re- he's the real deal. Man. That guy is just so great. Especially yeah. at a time when there's so many celebrities, it seems like you don't really want to know what's going on underneath the surface because you're worried that what you're fine, you're not going to like. It just feels like Hope knock on wood. I don't want to revisit this conversation in a month or a year or something, but he seems like just a really, really solid guy. 
Well, you know, he was on the cover of Relevant, so I mean, he was. Yes. Oh, know. I oh I know. Didn't you do that I, uh, interview? He time? gave me marriage advice. Yeah, he's great. Uh, oh, he did give you marriage advice. That's right. It was a great. Yeah, I, was, I was engaged at the time, and obviously his relationship with Megan Mullally seems uh, seems really good. So he gave me a lot of advice. Some of which was a little too hot for the magazine. <laughs> a lot of which, a lot of which was very good. I remember you telling me about that after. That's the. That's definitely the too hot for TV. Ver- yeah. But also, he's such like a big Wendell Berry advocate. Like he loves yeah, really turning cool. people on to the writings of Wendell Berry which the world definitely needs more of. Well, Wendell Berry has long been one of my favorite authors and I got to meet him a few times in Kentucky and really? I have tried, yeah, and I've gotten a bunch of his books signed and he's just, he's an incredible writer, an incredible person. Is, I, he, is he the one that's behind um, uh, the Knott's Berry farm? Is he like, he partnered with the Knott's family yes. and it's the Wendell Berry it, family and the Knott's family and they do the Knott's Berry farm theme park in California? I don't think so. No, no I don't think he has anything to do with they make a lot of park. jams and stuff? Yeah, I, don't, I think that's basically everything he's against. I've presumed that about Wendell Berry for a while, and I actually did an interview with him all about Knott's Berry Farm, which he seems kind of befuddled the whole time, but I just kind of plowed through. Maybe that explains why the interview went so poorly. I probably should research it because, Cameron, that was my assumption, too. I mean, they have the same name. They are spelled differently, which was a red flag. Oh, interesting. But, uh, you know, know, sometimes you just make an assumption, go with your gut. Not a usable interview, sadly. Hey, and uh, lastly, in case you missed this week, Beth Moore encouraged victims of sexual abuse as hashtag me too yeah. began trending on Twitter. So following horrific allegations of sexual harassment, abuse and rape against Hollywood mogul, former Hollywood mogul, Harvey Weinstein, yeah. uh, actress Alyssa Milano posted this on Twitter. If all the women who have been sexually harassed or assaulted wrote me too as a status, we might give people a sense of the magnitude of the problem. Within hours, hundreds of thousands had used the hashtag to show just how pervasive the issue is, even within churches. So preacher and author Beth Moore opened up about her own story and encouraged victims who are seeking healing. Referencing her own past, she tweeted, Me too, 11. She continued, a well-meaning mentor told me at 25 that people couldn't handle hearing about sexual abuse and it would sink my ministry. It didn't. There's no way on earth for me to move on to a new subject quickly after that barrage of hashtag me too hashtags. So I'd like to offer some hashtag we too. We too have a voice for all the times we were bullied into silence. We get to speak up and call wrong wrong hashtag we too for for fewer future me too's. We too get to stand on solid ground and be counted. We too get to help other girls stand. We too get to say, I understand. I believe you. Hashtag we too have dignity. We too have courage. We too can heal. We too have community. We too can be unashamed and we too can see to change. I mean, it's it's weird having five guys talking about this, but I I, want to say like, I have been completely floored watching social media and like, I just had no, like the, everybody, people that are posting this are like, I had no idea this was part of your story. I had no idea. And at this point it's like, everybody has said like, Oh yeah, this is a part, part of my story. It's, it's truly, it is like especially heartbreaking. It's been, yeah, it's been very revealing, hard to watch. Yeah. But a lot of bravery and Beth Moore is like woke, isn't she? I mean, it's just yeah, like, I love she's, it. my she's goodness. Great. She has been on fire. She's great. 
so much is happening in our country in yeah. a week. You know, uh, y'all should know that we record this podcast now on Tuesdays. So the news mornings that, too, Tuesday huh? mornings, mornings of too. Tuesdays. So, you know, it comes out on Friday. Yeah. So a lot happens in this news cycle, this space. Yeah. And uh, last week when the news broke, it happened actually after we record the podcast, we heard from a few of our listeners wondering why we didn't address it. And it was frankly because it hadn't happened yet or hadn't come out yet yeah. in the news. Um, obviously we've been watching it closely. We've been covering it on the, mm-hmm. on the website and, uh, and, and seeing f- church leaders like Beth Moore, um, help guide and impact the conversation is, yeah. is, uh, something that we are excited to cover and, and, and talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And and for people that want more context, you know, part of the story that blew it open was the Rowan Farrow piece for yeah. the New Yorker that released yeah. actually just an about an hour after we recorded that really kind of blew it off. That provides a lot of context for just how pervasive and horrific this was in Hollywood and Harvey Weinstein's career. And also, like Cameron said, we've had we've been really grateful for all the writers that we've been able to work with to post this week about um you know, harassment and sexual abuse and how, you know, it's a major problem within the church as well. Um, right. And so, um, but yeah, it's, it's, we're, we're, we're very grateful. Like we, like Cameron was saying for people like Beth Moore, who is, is a bold voice within the church. Sadly, yeah. sadly what I've learned doing this for a long time is that um, whatever issues are in society, they're in the church too. Yeah. You know, all the CD stuff that you think is just for the, the unsaved. Yeah, yeah. It's in the church yeah. too, man. Or no, yeah. I desperately. The want church to... doesn't talk about it, right? Well, well, well here, he, just for to add to that real quick, Eddie. And then, but no, uh, like on um, Monday of this week, you know, the Me Too hashtag started. Alyssa Milano posted that challenge on on Sunday. So on Monday, by that time, I think it was like two hundred fifty thousand tweets with that hashtag have been used. And I was putting together a little update with the team uh, for the site and did a Twitter search for hashtag Me Too. And included the word church to see how many of those tweets included them. Oh, no. And it was an, you could keep scrolling for hours if you wanted to. It was yeah. shocking. And, and, but to your point, Cameron, it, 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 a lot of times it's even magnified within the church would, because yeah. of traditional power I think, traditional I think power the danger structure. is sometimes you see or hear a story like Harvey Weinstein and you think, well, that sounds terrible. And, and I would never do anything like that. But what's interesting is how many, um, smaller and more insidious and subtle ways it's infected our own lives in ways that maybe we would necessarily are kind of hard to recognize. And those are the, the, I don't mean to say that there's not uh, some of the really atrocious examples of sexual, uh, sexual assault uh, within churches, because there obviously are, but the little ways that sexual harassment, um, tiny, like little comments, little ways that men cover for other men in the church, those things are very much a part of our lives. And, and until we listen to women and learn to recognize those for what they are, uh, I, I think those things are not going to go away because we tend to dismiss them as not being as bad as things are in Hollywood. It's simply not the case. Yeah, it's not the case. And I think in the church, what's what makes it worse is that you have to cover it up. It's a hidden sin. So like a lot, and I'm not talking about just uh, harassment and assault like this. I'm I, like addictions and uh, uh, even uh, mental illness and things that the church just doesn't talk about yeah. that are pervasive and they're there and 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 yeah. the church doesn't deal with it at all because it's like, well, we put on our Sunday best and we just kind of like put the mask on and pretend right. like everything's fine. Right. Um, and it makes it worse in many ways. The cover up, the yeah. duality, the duplicity makes it makes mm-hmm. it harder to to deal with in a healthy way, in a redemptive way. And um, yeah. I'm glad that this is coming to the surface because maybe it'll change 
change change things you know and to all of our friends who are you know listen to the show who posted this week just you're incredibly brave it's just like unbelievable just seeing i mean these are people that like we know that listen to the podcast and stuff and you just saw it and you're like oh not them too and it just you just keep saying that and it's just thanks for being so incredibly brave there you go yeah there we go well on that note that'll do it for in case you missed it stay tuned up next slices Listening to Yellow Days, the song is I Believe in Love. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Men I Trust with Tail Whip. There you go. Woo! Okay. All right, Jesse. It's time for slices. What do you have? Okay, so you guys know that for a few weeks now, uh, you know, Cameron and I have talked about this extensively. I've <laughs> been looking for a true crime case to blow wide open <laughs> in the form of another <laughs> long form podcast that will take me deep into a dark underworld that no one that, that the average person is not exposed to. Yeah. And I will tell the story of a crime so hideous, right. so shocking that <laughs> it, it will rock the world and it will be something that people will have to binge listen to. There'll be twists. There'll be, you know, be questioning things up until the end. And ladies and gentlemen, I think I've found that, that story. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to lay it out to you guys. If, spo- if you guys don't want this spoiled, uh, you know, if you want this to play out over the course of uh, a- about 19 hours of me digging in. <laughs> I suggest you wait. Uh, a lot of it is just pontificating about random things because it only takes about, uh, as you'll see, about three minutes to read the actual story. But this is the one, folks. This one has it all. This one has a perfect crime, a sick day at work, and the fajita black market. That's right. What? I am talking about Texas's great fajita thief has finally been caught. I say, I say this every story. once in a while on the show, Jesse, and I'm sorry. When I read the article... Earlier this week, yeah. I thought that should be my site. Oh no, wait, that'll be Jesse's. <laughs> Sometimes it's like they're written for Jesse yeah. for the show. And dear it may, Jesse, it may, the fajita thief was caught. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's, that was the headline USA Today. Yeah, dear Jesse, <laughs> Gilberto Escamilla was running. Otherwise known as the, the Guapo. <laughs> was was running a long con in Texas for uh, nearly a decade that all came crashing down on him this week. He was working at the Cameron County Juvenile Justice Department, and his job was to order food that would be served at the uh, 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 at the, this facility. Uh, so he started over the course of a decade ordering massive, massive quantities by the crate load of fajita meat. We're talking at the end of the day, it looks like $1.3 million <gasps> for the fajita over the Whoa. last uh, wow. 10, 10 years. And what he would do is he would <laughs> he would order it and then he would, he established a fajita meat black market where he would not tell he would pay, he would use government money to order this, not serve it at the cafeteria, but secretly move it to the underground fajita market uh, and, and was making 
over a million dollars doing this. Uh, the problem is uh, he got his wires crossed on when sev- several crates of fajita were supposed to come in these past couple weeks, and he ended up calling in sick. Um, the... <laughs> <laughs> the uh, police got fishy and started doing some investigating, got a search warrant. Wouldn't you know, when they went to his home refrigerator, it was loaded with Tex-Mex. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the smoking gun. So, I mean, obviously this is a story. I need, I need to, I'm going to need to, I mean, he was arrested and he's, you know, it's a, it's a $1.3 million crime. So it's a pretty big deal, but I'm still going to need to interview Gil, uh, Gil Borto. Uh, but I, but here, the, the more importantly, I'm looking to craft the true crime podcast thing so what i think i need is like a catchphrase for in my one of the final episodes where where i i you know do my big reveal can i pitch a couple of these catchphrases that'll be at the end yes please yes so so i i will say i will set it up and i'll say and i'll be talking to a detective and i'll say uh so let me guess you want why you wanted to check the refrigerator where there's steak their sizzle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the other one. I think I'm going to leave it on a cliffhanger. Maybe it wasn't just Tex-Mex. Maybe there were other Mexican food things that he was stealing too. Here's what I'm going to say. Are you guys ready for this? Yeah. You may want to check his other refrigerator just in queso. That's the implication. I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying he might have been. And this one, this is a little weak, but I'm going to throw it out there either. Either way. This about one, halfway through the series, I'll say this. Okay. <laughs> I say we hit talk. I say we go to the local Chili's for some other cover work. You'll never know who you might meet. Yeah! But I'm saying meet, M-E-A-T, like fajita meat. That one, that one translates better in the transcript. Um, but like I said, it'll probably, it'll probably be converted into a book in a, in a Netflix series. So, um, you know, if people have any tips for me, I'll be working on this true crime thing. And like I said, it's it's going to be a, a Ken Burns style. It's going to be print. It's going to be a, a film docu series. going to be a style. true crime. Ken yeah, Burns doesn't do true crime. He does like boring documentaries about baseball. Well, this one, uh, this one's going to have a lot of a long establishing shots of 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 uh, of La Chili's, and then uh, you know, you're you know, one episode is just about cooking fajitas. That's unrelated to the crime, but it's a lot of contact, a lot of color. Yeah. So, uh, very fascinating story, but it's been gifted to me, and I will be launching a true crime media empire based on the story of Gil Borto. Um, you know, I you know, eventually I see this as a narco's type of thing where yeah. I interject myself into it, right. and I'm sort of like you know. It's going to be a, a dramatic Narcos type of series where I infiltrate his black market fajita ring. But uh, I'm very excited about this. I'm sorry for Gilberto, but, uh, you know, it's uh, it's something that needs to be talked about. I'm, I'm trying to, to piece this it. together. So he was ordering as as the buyer of the cafeteria food. He was ordering mm-hmm. uh, fajita meat and not serving it. Yep. And then and it went on for 10 years. And then one day or a couple of days, he was out sick. Fajita meat kept showing up. And and a big supply of it, and then they were like, "Where? Why is this? What?" And they started to look into it, and got suspicious, and they went and checked his house, and and discovered that he had been siphoning the fajita meat. Is that exactly it? okay? But it's an incredible amount of fajita meat. Yeah, one point three million dollars of fajita meat. I mean, that's at least wholesale fajita meat too. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah. to myself, you know, how many times 
would you say in the last year you've ordered fajitas? I mean, I enjoy the fajitas. Oh, I but, do too. But, but because they're so delicious, you know, I thought they were healthy because it's got your vegetables. Oh yeah. You got your, your, your clean protein, well, your meat. Yeah. And then you realize, you find out later because they're putting the calories on these things. Yeah. 1200 calories later, yeah. you're like, oh, I didn't have a nice little healthy Mexican dinner. So I got to restrain uh, right. maybe twice, maybe okay. twice in the last year. Oh, dude, yeah. I eat fajitas once a week. No lie. Once a you week do? I eat fajitas. Why do they bring them out still cooking? You could bring anything out cooking. Yeah, oh, fajita, that's true. Yet fajitas are like all of a sudden they're the ones who are like, oh, we cannot stop the cooking process. <laughs> you got to bring it, it out. It's cooking. one of those. It's one of those where somebody started it and now it's weird if you don't do it. It was one <laughs> place is just their little gimmick. Yeah, like what What are you just leaving them back there and like they bring <laughs> out my yeah, limp well, cold yeah. fajitas? Yeah, right, they're just bringing you out like a, just a, a bucket of meat. But I agree with you. How come it is limited to the fajitas? I get that we can't stop with the fajitas, but yeah. how come nobody's ventured out and said, we're going to throw the steak on one of those right. things? I'd love yeah. to know that everything they're bringing out is just still in a cooking apparatus as fresh as it can possibly yeah. be. Well, well, with the fajitas, I think it it has to do with a lot of like salmonella and stuff because as we learned you don't know where that fajita comes from i, I mean know. there's obviously a well-established black market that who knows how long that that how old that fajita meat is and where it originated from because i mean if fajitas evidently are a criminal enterprise so in order to cook all the disease and and in you know grossness out of it you literally it literally has to be cooking to the very moment that you put it into your mouth i think that's i think it's a safety thing with fajita meat yeah, I agree. All right, what do you have, Tyler? Okay, well, uh, I have a timely slice because uh, we're we're coming up we're coming up on uh, on on Halloween. Uh, I think we're having a conversation about costumes a little later in the uh, in the podcast, but I want to get the the fires uh, stoking a little bit with this uh, with this slice. So I think we're all familiar that we're, we're all aware of the fact that occasionally some Halloween costumes can kind of toe the line of good taste, right? You can have some sort of like racially problematic costumes. You can have something that's historically inaccurate, might be a little too violent or something like that. I'm going to read. I err on the side of edgy when it comes down to Halloween costumes. <laughs> well, it's will. once a year. People will get over it. I go edgy. With this thing, you know? <laughs> it's better to ask forgiveness for permission. Really? And if I have an idea and I think it's good, you really try to get to I'm the core of what is offensive. So it's like even just dressing up as Donald Trump this year would do it. No, you, no, no, you've no. got to do something much more sinister. Yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> um, so I'm going to I'm going to read the product description for this particular costume, uh, and I'm going to see how soon in the product description you can figure out what this costume uh, is is representing. What this is a costume of. It starts. <laughs> the first sentence will tip you off to the fact that this is a this is a problematic costume. We can always learn from the struggles of history. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Unfortunately, World War II shook the world in a way that no uh, one could have foreseen. Oh, it showed us what true it showed us what true and metal were. That's a sick uh, throughout here. It showed us what true and metal were. It also created some unexpected heroes where even a young girl like Anne Frank with oh, nothing but a diary and hope can no, become inspiration no. to us all. Nope. So the costume, I apologize for sort of a visual slice here, but it is a young girl's costume. It is an Anne Frank. There is a, a tag attached to the costume, oh. uh, a, a, like the style, uh, the style of what they would have worn yeah. pre-Holocaust. Obviously, the uh, it's from HalloweenCostumes.com. Obviously ignited a very big Twitter firestorm about why this was happening yeah. and, and why, like, what what is the 
meaning behind this? Is this a good idea or not? And then uh, a gentleman named Ross uh, took to the Halloween costumes Twitter account. He must be their social media guy. And uh, he said he gave a very half-hearted defense of it, uh, said they take the feedback very seriously. They will be removing the costume at this time. But I'm just wondering, at, at what point did somebody consider a Halloween costume? Can you can you see an argument for the idea that like, oh, this is historical and it's educational and it might be fun for Halloween for some girls who really admire Anne to dress up like her? Or is it just well past the line yeah i think it i think it's i think it's a terrible idea uh, uh all the way around my real question is the social media guy for halloweencostumes.com had the most chill job ever up until like a week ago right. Right. You, were t- you were tweeting him like hey is the new uh you know shipment of avengers gear here? yeah yeah i need to exchange my uh batman mask right. for large oh cool right. whatever you know now he's got <laughs> now he's got this to deal with he was he had he had it made yeah. like all he had to do is sweet pictures of funny Halloween costumes like 24 from October 1st to 31st he yeah. doesn't he works a month yeah. a year yeah. just like the rest of the year it's like yeah you know let me just hang out. He's got a great game. He's got a great game. And and th- this is also part of this is you you need the context here. Rob did the classic celebrity apology thing where he wrote it in his iPhone notes and took a screenshot uh, yeah. of it and no, tweeted it out. No. So it wasn't even a, a official there's no halloweencostumes.com logo on it. It's just uh, the iPhone. Oh. He wasn't picked for his ability to handle sensitive, sensitive controversies with a lot of flair. <laughs> the, the real question is, are they clever enough that they knew, okay, we're going to do this thing and it's going to cause an uproar and we'll retract it, but at least we'll get our name out there. Was it brilliant well, marketing? I mean, yeah. They don't need to get their name out there. If you're going on the internet, you're looking for a Halloween costume. Exactly. You type in Halloween costume. Guess what pops right. up? Halloweencostumes.com. Well, well, which brings in the more, yeah. more and equally sinister reality that somebody was sitting there and going... Yeah, there's a market for this. There's we need to do an Anne Frank. Yeah, we're going to do a an Anne Frank. Kit. But you go. But if you start looking at Halloween costumes, it can get pretty dark pretty quickly. There's there's something for just everything under the sun and a good number of things that aren't under the sun and never should be or, or will be. So mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm not surprised that somebody thought about it, just that they went through with it and were like, yep, this is what we're doing. When was the last time you dressed up? Yeah. for? Oh, you yeah. do Every dress year. up for Halloween. That's right. Do you know what you're going to do this year? You were you were the ghost of a real proprietor of an Orlando establishment. Yeah, right? last year <laughs> the party I threw last year was at a speakeasy called Her- Herman's Loan Office, yes. and uh, which was back in the twenties. Herman's Loan Office. Yes, and uh, and I dressed up as Herman, and I had like little like loan outfits. I was very fancy. I had the coat yeah. and tails because yeah. he's he, he loaned money. He was yeah. well to do, and uh, I, I did the the twenties thing. Um, the year before that, there was a little bit of local news. That there was yeah, a, a lady nice. and her friends rafting down the Wakaiba River. Ah, she yes. swam up and uh, messed with an alligator, and the alligator uh, bit her arm off. Yeah. Bit her arm yeah. off. And yeah. so I uh, I dressed up as uh, an alligator, like in a onesie, yeah. and uh, walked around with half an arm. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was the Wakaiba alligator. <laughs> even that is edgy, but still, we're not even close very, to We're not even very, close to Very, very topical, very local, hyper local. I like yeah. to go hyper local, timely, you right, know? Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, we had, we like locally, we had an, an event a few years ago when there was a hurricane that like hit this area. And, uh, like people around here aren't, they don't take hurricanes seriously because they never happen and people don't really know how to deal with it. 
So um, they had like an epidemic, like a big problem with people running out behind. They would find out where the local newscasters <laughs> were. <broadcasting. laughs> they would run out behind them. So we had one an guy epidemic. in Spider-Man. An doing epidemic. Like, and then Virginia Beach, an epidemic of this. No, it was a real problem. Like they ended up having to stop doing live shoots because they'd be like, people would see it on TV and just drive out there. Like one guy was Spider-Man. He was trying to fight the hurricane behind the anchor. <laughs> but they had a... <laughs> The, the big one was a streaker oh, who no. thought it was hilarious and was just doing laps. Oh, it wasn't like no. one streak. It was. It was. I mean, I mean he had ample time like, on his hands. Step back from it. In, fa- in fairness, that is hilarious. That, that is, is hilarious. hilarious. I enjoy yeah, it. It's hilarious. It hilarious. It's in something in the water down here that makes people act behave yeah. this way. And so, uh, <laughs> but a big costume that year because it happened like hurricane season is like in the fall so it happened shortly before uh, 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 the um, you know the holiday and people had their Halloween party a big thing was people were dressing up one per- they would be like a couple's costume one people was would dress up like a hurricane like a swirling cotton ball cloud and they would come with someone in a bodysuit and everyone's like oh it's hilarious it's a hurricane in the streaker good job guys like making the area proud that was like a big costume but like you said Cameron hyper local <laughs> but it's topical <laughs> Chandler, are you dressing up? I don't know yet. All right. The last few years I've been an eyeball. I might just do that again. An eyeball? I have like an eyeball. An eyeball. <laughs> why? That's so uh, boring. I find it at a thrift store. But, he, but that's why he does it. It's, oh, it's like, like it's that whole ironic. I don't care enough to do something, but I'm walking around in a big eyeball. Exactly. All right. Uh, yeah. What do you have, Eddie? Well, uh, Lucy has my iPhone right now, which has my slice on it. So, Jesse, I'm going to ask you to fill in the exact numbers of my slice, but I'll tell you what happened. Um, okay. I was talking to, you know, our friend Brandon Harvey, who we remember from podcast days past. And uh, he's not dead. No, I mean, he's still alive. He's still doing well. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, he's what, still what are you talking about? You can't dude. bring a slice about a friend who died. That's just insensitive. <laughs> Anyhow, so, <laughs> not the spirit more. of the we love you, Brandon. segment at all. Keep, uh, keep up the good work. Rest in peace. Um, no. So, you know, he cares a lot about I was ta- chatting with him this week and he talks about the importance of good news and I thought you know what I'm going to bring a good news slice amidst all of the not good news lately so uh, there was a I already pr- brought good news Eddie they called yeah. the fajita thief so- <laughs> for high horse here it's the crime of the century was solved John Gotti. <laughs> Jimmy Hoffa all that yeah these unsolved crimes we got the fajita thief man America you can rest the, you can sleep well tonight knowing he's off the streets dude and that your fajita meat was not purchased on the black market so you know I don't know what you're talking about this good news angle I already brought that but continue Whatever. so in Texas uh, don't undermine me don't it, cut the wind don't cut my legs out dude so in Texas of course they have an inspirational tale <laughs> this guy's the worst inspirational tale <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's going to be like a Mark Wahlberg movie soon. Like people, are, you know, like when he tried out for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's what they're going to say about life. I'm going to be. He's going to play the, the detective. He'll play me. He'll play me, the podcaster who really gets to the bottom of this and took this fajita meat off the streets and back into the juvenile detention center where it belongs. Here's where the real tragedy. Here's the real victims here. The really juvenile defenders. I mean, then they're doing their time. I'm not judging them. They're doing their time. They're getting deprived of fajitas like once a week. They went 10 years without one meal of fajitas. The government paid for them. (laughs) No, please. Are you sure? Looking at the real victims here. Two, one. Uh, So, of course, all of us lately have been, uh, you know, giving money and all that we can to Hurricane Harvey and Irma. I didn't get into the hurricane. Well, I mean, yeah, 
the hurricane Come itself. and do damage. I'm not going to pay you off as no, you go. No, yeah, you're not just like tossing cash money out of the storm. They're, not, they're not holding us for ransom. Hey, I don't think you know how hurricanes work. Like, if you go to your house, you're like, it's somewhere else you throw money into the wind. They're not, they, I know they have names of people, but they're not sentient. Okay? It doesn't work like that. Maybe that's why you were without power for two weeks because you went out there and threw $200 off and said, up as Hurricane Harvey. So we have been giving to Hurricane Relief. Does that feel like yes. something more accurate? Wonderful. Uh, you know, Harvey, Irma, and uh, of course, a lot of people around the, the country and around the world have been taking care of uh, the, the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey. It was really devastating, but an unlikely group has given uh, $53,863. You already know because it was on, you know, relevant, but it was really touching. It was a group of Texas inmates who donated over $50,000 to Hurricane Harvey Relief. How did they? I don't mean to be insensitive. How amazing. did they have that much money? That is the exact beautiful, no, that, amazing point of the story. They don't. They each have small accounts for like the right, commissary, right. and those accounts have anywhere between five to six dollars in them. So it's a very they don't. It's not like they're drawing from their you know their checking account that they had before they went into prison. These people gave money from their like the the. The jail said, like, if you want to donate from your commissary fund, we'll take it out. So when you think about it, $53,863 was given by over 6,600 prisoners. So 6,600 prisoners got rid of their commissary money, which is when you have like eight or nine dollars per person. That's amazing. When you have like no money, like that is they basically gave their entire everything to help out the victims of Hurricane Harvey. And um, so this has been done once before. I think they said like it was oh in the aftermath of Katrina, um, the Department of Criminal Justice. They came up with this idea and about $44,000, but they're not being coerced to do this. As far as we know, it's just like, a, hey, this is an option if you want to do something good. So uh, yeah. I just thought it was a really beautiful story. Awesome. And I think it says a no, lot about great. the folks that are incarcerated that, you know, they are in a terrible situation, but they're not terrible people. And it was very, I thought it was just a very nice. They're just fajita deprived. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, so the juvenile defenders, the juvenile defenders didn't have an opportunity to donate for their meat because it was stolen. <laughs> and I'm going to blow the lid off this thing. Right. And you're going to pay. Gilbert. Really, there it is. You're going to All pay. right, well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Christine Kane joins us. Hey, literally it's called Hey. <laughs> well, this week's uh, feature interview is brought to you by Talkspace. We all need to take a little bit better care of ourselves and our mental health is no exception. That's why today's sponsor, Talkspace, the online therapy company, makes it easy to connect with an experienced licensed therapist that you pick based on your preferences for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy. You can send your therapist a text, audio and video messages, or even do a live video chat. Talkspace therapists are fully licensed and go through a rigorous screening process in addition to thousands of hours of supervised professional training. I, when, when Talkspace approached us about sponsoring the show, we looked into them pretty extensively. And the cool thing is if you're looking for like a Christian counselor, 
they have that. You can you can sort by Christian counselors. If yeah. you want somebody who specializes in something that you're dealing with, marriage or family yeah. or things like that, they have that. Um, which which is a big deal to me. That it's not like one size fits all approach to counseling. Yeah, um, it's well, a really cool yeah. thing. And it's kind of I, I had honestly never heard of it before they came to the show. And it's it's kind of a brave new world of counseling that we don't have to be limited by you know the ten counselors that are in our city, but there's this incredible resource of people yeah. that are right there. So even uh, I, I know of local hospitals and stuff that are going to this more online yeah. kind of like type yeah. of approach to counseling and therapy, because the important thing is not having to think, well, I can't do it because I don't have time to drive, sit in somebody's office. I don't right. have the money for it. Things like that. There just get, get connected somehow, somewhere yeah. and start somewhere. Yeah. Talkspace is a great way to do that. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com slash relevant. And as a special offer for our listeners, you can use coupon code relevant to get $30 off your first month and show your support for this podcast. Uh, that's relevant and Talkspace.com slash relevant. Yeah. Talkspace for how we live today. Christine Kane is an activist, author, and abuse victims advocate and evangelist who founded the organization, the A21 Campaign, a group dedicated to fighting human trafficking. She's also the author of the new book, Unshakable, a daily devotional focusing on how to strengthen your faith, even in the midst of difficult times. Uh, she also wrote the last word in the uh, next issue of Relevant. Good person. It's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. It's phenomenal. Really, good. really uh, good. We recently spoke with Christine about the book, The Hollywood Abuse Scandals, and How to Overcome Trials. Here is Christine Kane. On the one hand, I feel like people uh, in the States, in the West in general, like all over the world, are uh, are very, the, the idea of human trafficking is so evil, and it almost raises a, a really visceral reaction of disgust when you hear it. But it's also, at the same time, so prevalent, and in many ways, becoming more prevalent. Why do you think there's that discrepancy between, on the one hand, the, the recognition that it's a very evil thing, but the unwillingness or apathy about actually doing anything about it? Yeah, well, I think greed obviously is a big issue um, and that's what it comes down to because it will involve us all uh, drastically changing aspects of our lives and our spending patterns um, in order to make a change. And I think sometimes if we don't feel that it's personally touching us, and and I think we just justify human nature is such that you think, well, I am not... Uh, I don't. I'm not holding anyone in slavery, or I'm not trafficking in anyone. So you kind of just get on with your life, rather than realizing so many of our purchasing choices and um, our own silence continues to perpetuate, uh, you know, human trafficking existing on the earth. And so, and it depends. You know, here it's one issue. I think it's got a lot to do with our buying and selling. And I mean, trafficking in America is huge, uh, but it's just again it mostly affects the most marginalized, the most disenfranchised. Um, and it would, again, mean that we would have to become uncomfortable and get and get involved and say, look, it's not right. This kind of injustice has to stop. And I think right now there are so many things dividing so many people and so many things are screaming for our attention. I just think um, people and people in the Christian church are, are just suffering from almost a compassion fatigue. And yet Jesus yeah. has had compassion. So we've got to find a way of helping people understand that Christians actually shouldn't have compassion fatigue. And so you've got to 
understand internally what is driving you to fight injustice because if it's yourself you are going to get fatigued it's just too much you go look i can't do this we've got race issues we've got gender issues we've got trafficking issues we've got you know poverty and uh we've got immigration and people are just bombarded and overwhelmed and i think um a lot of people are just thinking, man, if I just kind of tweet that I don't like it, I've done something about it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, whereas doing something about it, I'm 10 years on in this journey. It takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of money, um, a lot of patience and a lot of love and grace. Uh, and it takes a lot of hard work working with corrupt governments and working with, um, you know, corrupt systems and unjust systems. It's very, it's a really romantic notion, the whole issue of social justice. And, you know, you see what's sweeping through a whole generation. It sounds beautiful. It sounds romantic. But the actual work of doing justice is really hard work. So what do you what what would be your advice for people who have uh, they've been really inspired or, uh, or 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 the opposite maybe they've been really wounded and hurt by stories they've seen about social justice they want to get involved they immediately realize that it's much more difficult than they thought it might be what are some practical tips you can you can give to our listeners people who who read you listen to you about how to kind of read find that spark that motivation that got you started out in the first place again Well I think um what would be really good in the whole next wave is for people, when God stirs your heart about an issue, kind of get involved with people that are already doing something about that issue. I think a lot of us just feel the need that I've got to go start something. And I'm finding that there's a lot of really good things that exist. And what we need is a lot more hands on deck of people that are prepared to just roll up their sleeves and work. I mean, that's really mm-hmm. what it comes down to. And be in it for the long haul because the emotion of it wears off, uh, you know, when you're in, in the thick of it day in and day out, eventually the fire is not going to burn as bright within you. You do it out of commitment and out of conviction. And when we have a generation that is more fueled by what they feel, I mean, you know, um, my social media asks me, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? <laughs> Almost <laughs> as I like that. That's, that's God. Well, it's what, what have I been called to do has to proceed. What do I feel like doing? And so I'm 10 years on in this journey and um, I don't really ask myself how I feel anymore. I just follow what I've been called to do. And that helps me keep going. I want to ask you about in in terms of things that are feeling sort of shaken up in culture right now, the, uh, there's been a wealth of conversation, uh, that's been incited over the last week because of some of the accusations coming out from Hollywood about Harvey Weinstein. Um, and this has led to a lot of conversations in other industries, uh, including the church. You've spoken about, uh, about sexual abuse in the past. Uh, what do you think in a, in an area that it would be really, really wonderful to see the church and Christians take the lead in trying to bring, uh, some justice to these women and, and hear and elevate the voices of the abused. What are some ways that you think that Christians could do that? And, uh, and be a helpful part of this conversation. Yeah, I think um, I love it. You know, when I started talking about um, being abused, I think in the 90s, you know, not many people were talking about it, especially women as well, because um, it was still, um, it made people feel very uncomfortable. I remember sort of thinking, well, Christine, this isn't going to be good for your ministry. I don't even know what that means. I thought ministry was that we were going to help people <laughs> overcome their brokenness. <laughs> and I'm not building a career here. I'm following a calling. There's a very big difference between those things. So it was, um, it was 
I'm very grateful that as I've been in ministry for 31 years, I've seen a change. And, you know, this week we did, on Saturday, we just did our Walk for Freedom right down Hollywood Boulevard. There are times and seasons that God really puts a spotlight on some things. And I think um, for we as Christians, the church needs to be a safe place where men and women, because men are victims of abuse as well, um, where men and women are able to come and... um, be able to be heard and be able to be helped. And I think sometimes we don't even realize that simply acknowledging someone and saying, I hear you, or two phrases, I hear you, I believe you. Uh, you don't realize how much freedom that can bring to someone. Just, I hear you, I believe you. And then most churches that I know have got unbelievable programs that can really help people. And some people need to go through, you know, a uh, formal counseling you know in my own life uh i've had ongoing counseling over many years at different seasons with differing levels of intensity because the abuse and the adoption and the abandonment in my life caused so much trauma in my soul that i am um, i've i've needed a lot of help <laughs> and so to be the to be the wife that i am to be the mother that i am uh, to be able to do what i do in helping to empower women and rescue slaves um you know, the fact is that my my soul realm, my inner world has got to be healthy for me to do as much as I do externally. I want to change direction just a little bit and talk about Unshakable, uh, which I think was the inspiring spark for our own conversation. Can you tell us a little about what Unshakable is and why you decided to put it together? Sure, Tyler. Yeah, I did. I um, I guess I couldn't have even imagined how timely this was going to be. Hmm. Uh, you know, the last year... <clears throat> There's a scripture in Hebrews that says only those things that can be shaken will be shaken so that those things that cannot be shaken shall remain. And the truth is, I don't know that we ever imagined so many things would be shaken politically, economically, socially, morally, environmentally. I mean, every sector of society has been so shaken. And I think it has come to a place where uh, so many are questioning, what do I really believe? What do I really think? Um, When you really realize now whether you had built your faith on the shifting sand or whether you'd built it on a solid rock. And so I remember um, saying to my husband about two years ago, really, I said, I really think I need to write because I'm a very big word girl, you know, Mm -hmm. with my background of abuse and adoption. I mean, being in the word every day is a matter of life and death for me. It's not just a, a good idea. It's not like what I do for a profession. It's what I do to stay alive. And so I'm a big believer in kind of daily devotionals just to orient people and just go, let's be grounded on the word. But I said, I want to do a, a daily devotional, 365 days, one year of just all scriptures around being unshakable. I, I really had no idea then, I think, um, how prophetic that was going to be. I, I, can't, I wish I could say that, wow, the Lord told me and I knew everything was going to be shaken. But- <laughs> I just had a stirring in my gut and um, and I've been reading through the devotional myself and going, wow, just so timely. I'm going, no wonder the Bible has so much to say about having a solid foundation, Jesus being this hope we have as an anchor for our soul, both firm and secure that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. And I didn't realize how much that would matter to me in a time of shifting mores and shifting morals and shifting ethics and shifting politics and shifting everything. You yeah. go, Whoa, I I think there's a real place of being rooted and grounded in the Word of God and in the truth of God in the midst of so much shifting around us in culture. 
That was Christine Kane. Make sure to check out her new book, Unshakable. It's out now. Featuring Gucci Mane, Brent Fayez, and Shy Glizzy, obviously. Okay, it's that time of year again. The most wonderful time of the year. Uh, it is time for our very special game, the debut of the Spooktacular 2017 Holy Ghost Wiener Roast Monster Mash Challenge. This is a very special game because, you know, we the, the Halloween season is upon us. But, you know, this the, the thing about Halloween season Tell me. is... It, 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 it offers a, a tough conflict for a lot of believers. You know, do, are we, are you doing the harvest party thing? Are you doing the Holy Ghost wiener roast thing? Are you doing the, the, the Halloween thing and, uh, uh, ushering your children over to the dark side? Those are a lot of questions we have to, to deal with as, <laughs> right. uh, and that, you know, I want to be on the forefront for our leaders. So the best thing that I can think of to do is to trivialize the debate with a game about all of it. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> we do that well. We take thoughtful content and trivialize. It. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's what we're known for. I Precisely. Like Hence well, the game. <laughs> so we are uh, joining us in the studio. Eddie is out of here. Uh, he didn't want to expose Lucy to this, so they've stepped out. <laughs> right. He'll Wisely. come back. He'll come back for the next segment. Uh, so joining us for the game today, come back for seconds, Calvin Keerley. By popular demand. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> and also joining us uh, from our editorial department, you might have heard her on a couple of interviews, but uh, she likes us to cut her questions out when she does the interviews. Hmm. Uh, our, our production editor, copy editor, Kathy Pierre is joining us. Hi. It is a uh, little, little note. It is Kathy's 30th birthday today. <laughs> It is her birthday, though. It really actually is her birthday. She is a vivacious 25. Yeah. yeah, there you go. 25 <laughs> years old. Not Kathy over the hill, like 30. Yeah. For, for people, for people that, 41. just to give a little context to Kathy in her role here, she is by far the most valuable member of the oh editorial team. With Tyler on the line, uh, you know, Tyler, I'm not throwing shade, but I think oh, you would agree. I wouldn't, that, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree in the slightest. I wouldn't yeah. either. She was out yeah. celebrating her birthday very lavishly for the last two days. <laughs> it was like Lord of the Flies in the editorial department. It was. I, <laughs> it was, it was, I <laughs> stabbed <laughs> Tyler at one point. I'm not proud of it with a spear that fashion in the life. In the like, I don't remember what the conflict is. There was no other option but to wear a diaper. So glad. So she's back. Today's her actual birthday, and we said uh, you're coming on the show to play a game. She said, "What do I have to do?" I said, "Just show up." I'm sorry, and uh, here she is. So, so here's how this game is going to work. It's, it's sort of like a hockey game where there's three different like periods, right? Um, and Kathy, I am going to assume that by the time we get to the third, you're going to be crushing Calvin so thoroughly that the third one is specially geared for him to be involved. At least, at least so he's not embarrassed. You're still, I'm still very, <laughs> very confident that you're going to win. Uh, but it, it, just to let you know, the third round is, there's a little twist to it. So, uh, uh, each round is a little bit different. 
we'll start with round one. Is this a real Halloween book for Christians or one that I made up? Uh, the rules are simple. I read the title of a book. Is it real? Can you buy this right now on the internet or is this one I made up? Calvin, I'll let you go first. Dave, uh, thank you. The Harvest Party Deception, Exposing the Great Compromise. That's real. I'm sorry. That is a fake. Though I would read that book. I'm writing it right now. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, Kathy. Mommy, why don't we celebrate <laughs> Halloween? <laughs> Mommy, why don't we celebrate Halloween? Real or fake? <laughs> that has to be real. Oh, that is real. That is real. So you're already destroying Calvin. Calvin. Yes. Trick yes. or treat yourself to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Trick or treat yourself to hell, real or fake? Oh gosh, I, I'm thinking that's real. Calvin, you're terrible at this. That is fake. <laughs> Again, I have book contracts for both of these right now. <laughs> Kathy, <laughs> a little a little twist here. This one's a little optimistic. The pumpkin patch parable. <laughs> uh, the is that alliteration uh, heavy title? Real? The pumpkin patch parable. No, you made that up. I'm sorry, that is real, you guys. That is that is it's a little too real to if uh, uh, to be honest with you. All I'm right, Calvin. I'm back. <laughs> Calvin, witches lie in wait. <laughs> a guide to safely avoiding all Hallows Eve. Witches lie in wait. I'm gonna go consistent and say real. Dude, I don't think you got one right. That's fake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kathy, to take us out of the literature round, <laughs> the big no-nos, Harry Potter, Smurfs, and the Devil's Day. Fake. That is definitely fake. <laughs> so, uh, did anyone keep score? I think Kathy That's just gets two. a point for the whole round at that yeah, point. Yeah, there you go. One okay. for, yeah, right, because it's three rounds. That's good. She yeah. won the first round. Okay. okay. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> easily won the first round. Kathy, you set the tone for the game there by dominating Calvin. Um, so the pressure's on. The pressure's on a little for Calvin here. Um, the, the, you know, Calvin, maybe you'll have a little advantage. Kathy's pretty well read. She's read all of those books. Um, and I floated her a couple of my own personal manuscripts uh, for a first reader. So she knew that I was working on exposing the Great Compromise. So it's not even fair. But this one you might have a chance at. Is this the name of a real Christian hell house? Or is this a heavy metal album okay can you it's define either the name of a christian hell house or heavy metal album kathy are you familiar with the hell house phenomenon not at all yeah define that so god so just just for content we talked about this earlier in the show a lot of these churches will have uh these kind of haunted houses oh, okay where yes. you walk through scenes that warn you about the danger of these different vices <laughs> and at the end you either find out you go to heaven or hell tyler uh is that a pretty accurate assessment that was that was my experience. Yes. Okay. So you you get you just get a taste a little taste of hell. Just one <laughs> just one little taste of hell. Uh, so sort uh, of like Halloween. your basic your basic college youth group then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Got all it. right. Uh, um, uh, Kathy Calvin started us last time, so I'll let you start us this time. Is <laughs> is Blood Mountain a real a Christian hell house or is that a heavy metal album? Blood Mountain. Heavy metal album. You're unstoppable, Kathy. <laughs> 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 Oof. All right, all right, Calvin. <laughs> the House of Death, a Christian L House, or a heavy metal album? A heavy metal album. Unbelievable that your streak is this cold. <laughs> the House of Death. 
<laughs> is a Christian hell house. <sighs> I mean, I'm, you I, really I, I are. I got you right where I want you, Kathy. Calvin, <laughs> just wait. Maybe do this. Yeah, maybe yeah. go, oh, oh, surely it's this answer. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before I say that, I'll say the opposite because I'm always wrong. <laughs> That's actually what I did in my head, though. Oh, yeah. oh, oh now it's a double back again. There's no winning for you. All right, Kathy. No, the nightmare. No the nightmare. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> Hell house. Gotta be. You are correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually the one we used to go to. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma is very famous. Yeah. The nightmare. Very, very terrifying. It's so unoriginal. Two for hour me. waits. Two hour waits yeah, to wow. get in the very nightmare. Popular. Very popular. popular. That is okay. Wait, you right, can right, smell Calvin. the bear. It was, it was a thing. <laughs> Calvin. Yep. Slaughter of the soul. <laughs> I got this. Slaughter of the soul. <laughs> He's very confident. He sat up. Okay. Uh, heavy metal album. You finally at the yes. gates. Calvin wow. is on the board. I <laughs> still think board. Kathy has run away with this round. All right, um, uh, 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 Kathy. Heaven and hell. Heaven and hell. I want to say Hell House, so I'm going to go with heavy metal album. Black Sabbath, a classic wow. album. Wow. Oh, goodness. <laughs> See the thing about the Hell House is not that on the nose. Yeah. They don't. They don't yeah. title yeah. it. It's a little. Yeah, it's a little yeah. more subtle. Like Some the nuance. nightmare. Yeah. Let me I tell you about the nightmares of living in sin. Not literally <laughs> heaven and hell. Yeah, yeah. I would have. Uh, I would have said Hell House if it was heaven and apostrophe hell. Heaven and hell, kind of like kind of like a diner. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but so, the thing about the Hell House, some of them have a theme. Some of them have right. like a crazy theme to them. That's you right. know, so there right. was a lot of curveballs. All right, Calvin, <laughs> yeah, Operation yeah. Mind Crime. Operation <laughs> Mind Crime. <laughs> Operation <laughs> Mind Crime. <laughs> I would oh, tell boy. me what your impulse is. Oh gosh, uh, it's so cheesy that my impulse is Hell House, but I'm gonna go <laughs> with. Uh, I'm gonna do the opposite. I'm gonna say heavy metal album. You're right. It's heavy metal album from Queens, <laughs> right? Kathy, um, I think it's all tied up. So I think okay. you can they, they, win it. was funny when they named it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Queensryche. I mean, did they? They were like, "Oh, this is hilarious." Yeah, they're they're like, this table. is awesome. Yeah, you're like, yeah. I don't know. This will scare them. Yeah. <laughs> all, right, all right, Kathy. If, if you if you win this, I think you take the round. Otherwise, it might go to Calvin. Scare mare. <laughs> scare mare. <laughs> Hellhouse. Oh yeah. Kathy wins round number two. Oh. <laughs> Kathy's on fire here. All right, so so the, you so know what that means Kathy's no already technically won the game. Scare mare. Yeah, well, this, already, uh, no, no, Jesse, you forgot round three. The points worth seventeen points. Right. right. I did forget about that. This is a seventeen point round, and I kind of feel bad about that about. because yeah. guess what, ladies and gentlemen, we've just entered the candy talk round. Oh. All candy theme <laughs> questions. <laughs> Now, Kathy, you should relax. know this is Calvin's expertise. Candy talk? Don't Candy act talk. like you don't know what that is. <laughs> it's sweeping the nation. Yeah. For yeah. About four years ago, it swept the nation at the very end of our podcast uh, for about two minutes. But this is the Candy Talk round. So here's how this works. I read two different items. You tell me which is more calories, okay? <laughs> That's um, it? Just more calories? Well, well, just wait. It's it's only one of them is candy. So, uh, Calvin, I'll let you go first since you're the expert. Six entire heads of lettuce. Okay. Six entire. Okay, that's a full head of lettuce. That's you gotta eat every bite of it. Wait, six of them. <laughs> okay. Or a king size Hershey bar. Oh, I think you're being tricky. I'm going to say the uh, heads of lettuce. 
I'm sorry, the king size candy bar. Clearly, <laughs> lettuce has like it's water. Like it has calories. like literally five calories. But I don't think you could eat six heads in one sitting. I don't think it's Regardless. I don't think a human stomach could eat consume six heads of lettuce. I, I should have with my instincts. Six of them would have thirty calories total. Just well, it's just because that's what my family gives away at Halloween. So I thought that's what it be. Just chuck them at the children as they <laughs> walk by. Yeah. yeah, imagine giving a kid just a head of lettuce. It's kind of like dodgeball. It's kind of like dodgeball. When they walk up the sidewalk, you just chuck the lettuce at them. Yeah, yeah. 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 Let us talk. It's a new podcast. <laughs> Let us talk. Let us talk. I get it. Let us talk about lettuce. It's a t-shirt already. (laughs) Somebody make that. Kathy, it looks like you already are running away with this round after Calvin's pitiful performance. And I'm embarrassed because he's a a candy talk man and he should know this stuff. (laughs) All right. uh, uh, 38 pieces of candy corn. And the reason 38, I figured that's about how much you can eat in a... Like the average person, if they got a bag of candy corn, they probably eat about 38 pieces. Uh, So 38 pieces of candy corn... Is that a lot? Yeah, yeah. you. You yeah. no moderation, my friend. 38 of them. I'm talking like five to six. You get a little handful. Five to six? That's yeah. just a warm-up. I mean, that's not even one bite. I'm eating like what? nine a bite minimum. That's I don't think I've eaten I grab a handful. pieces of candy corn in my life. Yeah, oh, man. Okay, so 38 pieces of candy man, corn. Heads of lettuce, though. Just a normal <laughs> sitting for Jesse is what yeah, we're saying. 38 yeah, 38 pieces of candy corn or four entire ears of corn. <laughs> Real corn, like the produce. Yeah, we we know what an ear of corn is. (laughs) Just clarifying. This is normal size candy corn. Yeah, not like jumbo. This is a trick question. They're not jumbo corns. Gonna go with ears of corn. I'm sorry. It's actually the 38 pieces of candy corn. Okay, good. Okay. Clean slate. That's what I like. Yeah. Zero, zero. zero, zero. Jesse, Jesse, are they all uh, having to do with like above the neck, like size ratios, like ears of corn, heads of lettuce? Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's funny you say that. This though. one is uh, black eyed peas coming up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so have you, Calvin, are you familiar with the candy Boston baked beans? I told my wife this one. She's like, I, I never had Boston yeah. baked beans. Sure. Yeah. I lived in Boston for a while. Okay. So it's a, it's a delicious. How would you describe that candy? Use your candy talk skills to describe it. If people <laughs> haven't had Boston baked beans. It's a, uh, exactly like licking a shag carpet. <laughs> All right. The, the, perfect. You nailed it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, two cups of Boston baked beans, which is like a movie theater size box, two cups of Boston baked beans, or three entire cans of Bush's baked beans, like you would eat at a barbecue. Three entire cans or two cups of the of the. Which candy. again, just one sitting for Jesse. Right, right. Oh, yeah. easily. Like I said, that's a movie. Cameron. Yeah. Okay. Here's what. Here's what I don't get. You told me that we had the same problem when it came to hot tamales, and then yeah. I'm getting a candy talk territory here. Yeah, but I'm gonna call you out here because you and I both could walk into a movie theater with a pound, pound and a half bag of hot tamales, and by the time the movie theater movie is over, we've easily eaten it. Is that not true? Yeah, that is true. That is true. You're right. Then I don't want to be judged. I just feel feel like candy corns are more of a. I've had enough candy corns. You know, I just, you know, the hot tamales to me, it's you know, it's like big red gum. I mean, it's just like you know, it's cinnamon. It's good. Still refreshing. All right, what's the answer? What's the answer? Boston yeah. baked beans uh, or baked or th- beans or three can- three <laughs> cans of Bush's baked beans? <laughs> uh, gonna go cans of beans more. You you are you are correct. So I, I think it's tied. I, if I'm doing my math no. correct, no no. Calvin has one. Kathy has none on this round. They both were uh, zero zero, and now he's got that one right. Yep. 
So the thank you. So this is for the, this is for the tie, Kathy. Okay. Uh, uh, this is so y- y- you really need this one because we only we we have like a we have a sudden death round coming up um, for all the marbles. Thirty nine stalks of celery, or one three musketeers bar. Three musketeers. Yeah, easily. no question. <laughs> That's unbelievable, but it's correct. 39 stalks. <laughs> I don't even see how much you could eat that. Okay, it's, not, it's not how much can you eat. It's how much you have more calories. Celery is the only food that has a negative calorie consumption. It, when the energy that you spend to eat and digest a stalk of celery requires more calories than the celery has. It is a negative net calorie food. It's the food equivalent of time so travel. So you could say 38, you could say 380 <laughs> stalks of celery, and the answer is the three musketeers bar. Yes. You, you know what's crazy? If you ate 39 musketeers, by my calorie calculation, that's potentially lethal. <laughs> like instant death by diabetes from yeah. eating thir- 39. All right, so uh, now we're tied on the 17. So, so it is uh, a tie final round, so we need a tie breaker for this final round. Uh, for the 17 points. Okay. How about this? Kathy, it's your birthday. You get to choose. Does Calvin get the sudden death winner take all question or do you get it? Is it the same category? I'll let you pick the category. So so you're saying out of the three so far, she can pick one of those three rounds. She can pick one of those three rounds and choose whether her or Calvin answers it for sudden death. All right. Okay. Let's do the books. The books. Okay. <laughs> I see where this is going. And Savage. Caddy's brutal. <laughs> the one where he was O for all of them. <laughs> yeah. I like it. You know, Calvin, I'm gonna toss this to you. I I get it. Okay. <laughs> all right, Calvin. This is this is for all the marbles. This yep. is for the game. Is this is this a book that I'm currently working on but is not yet published? <laughs> or is this a real one that you could go by right now? Here we go. Are yep. you ready? Ready. Are you nervous? <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> well, you should be. A lot of lot at stake here because I forgot to say that the loser of this game <laughs> has to eat. Has to eat the 39 socks of lettuce, six <laughs> socks, sorry, six heads of lettuce, and three cans of Bush's baked beans. In I should have laid that out from the beginning. So there's a lot on the line here. I mean, that's a heart attack. Okay. That's okay. Uh, here is the book, Trick or Treating, What the Bible Really Says. Trick or Treating, What, what the can, Bible Really Says. What could the Bible says. actually say about trick or treating, which didn't exist when the Bible... <laughs> um... The Passover is kind of like trick or treating, is it? Yeah, because the death angel is coming around. Right, you got to yeah. put the blood on the thing mm-hmm. to make Which it say, like, like, like we want the treat, no tricks. Right, don't yeah. kill my children. Correct. Yeah, yeah. The You're tricks right. have gotten it's less. pretty dark. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are really cool. It's a little bit heavier. Someone in a Daniel Tiger costume coming to the door. Gonna you but I do see the parallel. Oh my goodness. I'd like to get a Jewish studies professor in here. And, uh, this, but, but sure, let's go with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a real book, Jesse. Calvin, what would the Bible possibly say? <laughs> <laughs> That was a gimme, to be honest with you. I don't know choices. Happy 
birthday. What would you possibly say about trick or treating? Okay, not just not just a chapter, not just an online art, not just a listicle, an entire like 150, 200 page book. I was able to make all that about tactics. It exists somewhere. Someone's got to write that book. Oh my goodness! Well, Kathy, happy birthday! You win because Calvin was O for all of them on the first. Calvin now has to gorge himself on terrible food. So congratulations! Oh, thanks for joining us, guys. Hey, uh, stay tuned. Up next, your feedback. Sloan Peterson. The song is Ride. Well, it's time for your feedback. Uh, welcome back, Eddie. Thank um, you. We, you, I'm glad you left the room for that one. Yeah, we got a lot. <laughs> we got a lot going on. Um, Lucy and I were just conscientious objectors to that game. <laughs> to that game. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have gone well had you both been in the room. Yeah, we saw the rundown. You'll hear it later. No, trust thank me. You. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's time for your feedback. Uh, before we do uh, feedback, we do corrections and apologies. Um, try the thing. Yeah, like probably. I mean, it will depend how the edit goes. I think we're okay so far. Yeah, <laughs> it really is in the hands of Chandler every yeah. single week. Every what we need to apologize week. for. Yeah. Hey, uh, last week, it's time for your feedback. Last week, uh, the question of the week, we asked you, what is the worst tattoo you've ever seen? What's the worst tattoo you've ever seen? Uh, we, uh, Prop brought the uh, the slice about uh, Drake getting uh, an odd tattoo and uh, got us talking about the worst tattoos ever. Um, you guys hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. You also posted on the podcast episode page at RelevantMagazine.com. Here's uh, some of our favorites. Hey, I'm actually going to start for once. I don't actually do, I don't read these, but I just literally got a text moments ago from a friend of ours, Jesse, uh, Jonathan Bach, a producer in Hollywood. Oh, he just yeah. texted me. Yeah. yeah. He said, uh, last year I went to a so- uh, Southern California water park. And he put uh, parentheses, kill me. Um, but I saw an amazing tattoo. <laughs> uh, a 75-year-old lady in a bikini with a tramp stamp that said world's greatest grandma. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's probably oh, wow. oh, man, I love it. love it. There is a point, though, where you hit 70 where you're just like, you know what? I don't care. I don't care what you think. This is where I'm getting this tattoo. <laughs> I, she's welcome, like one Rome. of those silver star dancers that they have come out at magic games for the timeout yeah. sometimes, where it's like the old ladies from the retirement community who all dress up all sassy. And then they do the, 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 the hoochie dances. You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, I do. Um, so Ann Bernard uh, said, uh, a co-worker of mine, and you're really out in your co-worker here. She might be able to figure this out. A co-worker of mine has a tattoo of Shaggy and Scooby-Doo on the back of each of her calves. Oh. One where they're just standing next to each other and one where Shaggy is holding Scooby. So as I understand it right, it's Shaggy <laughs> and Scooby in different poses no. on each of the back of her calves from far away. And Why? they look like the exact same picture. <laughs> 
<laughs> you have to get up really close to tell the difference. Can I? I have a theory about Anne's coworker that she got the one where they're standing next to each other, and she's like, "Man, I really, I just got a, a, a tattoo of Scooby and Shaggy standing next to each other. I deeply regret this. I should have got Shaggy holding Scooby. I got to get it on the other cast. That's the only way to make this to, to, to absolve my tattoo regret." Um, our good friend JJ was yes. at a line at Universal, and the guy in front of him had uh, a tattoo on the back of his neck uh, with the Apple logo and the words, think different. No. <laughs> oh, Awful. No. Awful. Wow. I can't believe it. Unless you're like Steve Jobs' like family member, I don't think that's appropriate. Um, Katie has two heart tattoos on her feet. She got him when she was 18 and she really wanted a piercing. Her parents said no. So she decided to get revenge and tattoo hearts on my feet the next day. Uh, she said, <laughs> Christians like to ask me if they mean that I walk in love. And I always respond with no, I was just mad at my parents. <laughs> so uh, always I a good you, I would have never even Katie. considered asking her if it means walk in love, <laughs> which I guess I'm just not that good a person. Yeah. All right. Well, there's a lot more where those yeah. came from. Uh, you can check them out online or on the podcast episode page. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, uh, earlier in the show, we got talking about Jesse and Tyler and I's experiences with the uh, church hell houses this time of year. This would be prime time. This would be the week that the line is around the block. Yeah. Because yeah. these kids, these 13 year olds, is, they're into anticipation because mom and dad dropped them off. They're allowed to go with their buddies. Right. They're having a night out. That's yeah. the thing is when you're that age, you're like, all right, I know what I'm getting into, but it's like something to do. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Like I don't to our surprise, to my surprise, at least, Eddie had no idea what we were talking about. He'd never been to these things. I feel like so, I got I to go to one. It might so help things we out. need to help educate Eddie. And for this week's question of the week, we want to know your craziest uh, Christian or church event, Halloween harvest hell house uh, event story. What's the weirdest thing you saw? Maybe it was a costume. Maybe it was a scene in your church's uh, cautionary tale uh, event. Uh, maybe it was um, just, just crazy church Halloween stories. That's what we want. For the I, question I, am, of the week. I am dreading the answers to this because <laughs> I think who, who, I feel this is a deep well of content. <laughs> uh, uh, like oh, people yeah. aren't going to uh, have yeah. anything and then it's going to be awful. It's going to be awful. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Hit us well, up on Twitter at relevant podcast or you can post your longer replies on the podcast episode page at relevant magazine. And next week is our big Halloween show with a pretty big surprise at the end. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, many thanks to our show sponsors for making this episode possible. Remember, when you go over to squarespace.com, you can start your free trial today and then enter offer code relevant to get 10% off your first purchase. Mm -hmm. Thanks also to Talkspace uh, to match with your perfect therapist and get $30 off your first month. Go to talkspace.com slash relevant. And also thanks to Tracker. Uh, you can go to thetracker.com, no E, T-R-A-C-K-R, uh, slash relevant to get 20% off any order. I just got a notification on my phone that C Strang wants to see me as a therapist on Talkspace. So. I would love to. <laughs> I heard you're taking it's, clients. It's not, would... your, it's not your fault, Cameron. Oh, He's booked. <laughs> 
That's all I see. Eddie is booked through 2018. <laughs> that was right. literally one of the most moving scenes in any movie oh, ever. It's, the, it's not your fault. The Robin Williams, Matt Damon, oh, it's not gosh. your fault. Well, it's because it's, it's not oh, your it's fault. Because he was uh, talking to us. Just <laughs> just dead. Just mush on the floor. <laughs> yeah, <I was> like, <laughs> and you on. saw it with your parents, which made it even weirder. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, fault. you and your dad just won't look at each other after the movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, cool. Let's go get some soft serve. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Uh, many thanks to our guests for joining us. Remember, you can get Christine Kane's new book, Unshakable. It comes out this week. You can also follow her on Twitter at Christine Kane. She's awesome. She is. Hey, while you're uh, on the internet this week, go uh, download our newest show. Relevant is doing a sports podcast starring Jesse yeah. the Guapo, El Guapo, Steve Carter, and Sam Ajo of the Chicago Bears. I, I think you're going to really love this show. It's awesome. We have a lot of fun uh, putting it out there for you. Uh, also, make sure to check out Mike Foster's Fun Therapy. Uh, he's on, I think, episode three now of his uh, debut season of Fun Therapy. That's awesome. It's doing well. Go check it out. Hey, and while you're online, also uh, head over to relevantmagazine.com and, and get the magazine. You can subscribe today. There's a special offer going on and you will get uh, get your order in, in time to get the new issue, which is uh, shipping soon. Yeah, I think you'll like it. No, the, no I, you always say yeah. that. No, I know. I think they will, though. I think on, I think this is the one. They're gonna. Like, this is the one they're gonna all like. That, it. All the all the magazines before, it's been like you know what we tried we've our been best. Working up to this moment, this is the this one is you've the been one. waiting for. This is this is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. And for uh, Calvin Kearley and Kathy Pierre, whose birthday it was. We'll see you next week. Happy birthday, Kathy. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. Mommy, why don't we celebrate Halloween?